Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another episode of Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and the giggle pants on the other side is Tara. Hey, spooksters. <laughs> if you are like, what show am I fucking listening to? Did you just pause? What happened? We got new music because, well, not just because, but we got new music, and our music was for our goal of hitting our 100,000 download milestone Yay! and we're so excited because in real time like you know that we record early it's december 9th and we hit today officially a hundred thousand downloads Ooh! and one tara and i are both like don't know how to feel because our we emotionally have just shut down over the amount of like <laughs> joy it is like Yeah, there was like cloud nine happening for me all day. Like someone could have come up and been like, this is happening and it's bad. Like someone could have told me I'd had to get four teeth pulled with no anesthesia today. And I would have been like, yeah, let's do it. I got a hundred thousand. We got a hundred thousand downloads. What's the matter? Oh, my God. Yes. I told the Amazon man today. And he was just like, okay, cool. And Like to set the record, like I'm still in like because I work from home. I'm in like pajamas. (laughs) Obviously, I look clean, but I'm in pajamas and it's the middle of the day and he's delivering my Christmas tree because I ordered it on Amazon. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, my Christmas tree's here. And then I'm like, and we had 100,000K today. And he's like, uh, I'm like, I have a podcast. He's like, yeah, I'm like, three speak girls. He's like, cool. I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> he's not going to listen. <laughs> you should have gave him a sticker. Oh, well, yeah. But I think I scared him. <laughs> but. The only word that like keeps coming to my mind is grateful. Like I'm so grateful for this platform, for you guys, for you spooksters. We love you so much. I didn't think I could love like a bunch of people I'd never met just out there in the world as much as I think we both love you guys. And we're so grateful for the opportunities that you give us to be on this platform and be able to talk about what we talk about and that you like us. You really like us. Yeah, what the fuck? You think we're funny or entertaining or something? (laughs) Oh, my God, what? But yes, thank you guys so, so much. I remember when we got excited that we had even 10 downloads that weren't just us downloading the episodes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So just to be at 100,000, it was a goal that we we actually sat down. I don't know how long ago it was now. We sat we sat down and we've done some goals. It was like July. Yeah, it was over the summer. Metric and non-metric related. And this was one of them. And we didn't even think we were going to hit this one this year. We actually set it. It was August of 2020. And I switched the timeline mm-hmm. because we regrouped when we hit like 75,000. Mm-hmm. Tara was like, "Well, I think we could hit it by like next May." And I was like, "Are you are you not paying attention to like <laughs> no, it's going to keep growing." 
so we decided by January 1st of 2020, I switched that with with another deadline, but I can officially take it off the wall. Yes, off our wall of goals and dreams and our vision board wall. We have a vision board going of things and we would not be here without you guys. So this is not a yay us. Oh my God, look at us. We are so cool. Mm -mm. No, this is... We are here. <laughs> I just had to say that. It's not that. When you said it, I was like, we're, wait, we're cool? No, 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 no. We're not. That's why I we're said not, that. We're not cool. That's why I said that in that voice. Um, We're here and still doing this and still going because of you guys for tuning in every week, twice a week, and telling your friends and giving us love and leaving us reviews and all of that. I cannot thank you guys enough. This podcast is truly a labor of love from both of us. And so it just means the world that you guys love it as much as we do. So thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. So, so much. And huge thank you to Josh. I met him because we are both over on the Cast Junkie Discord. We're both moderators, which is moderators over there. And he created this especially just for us. So fucking cool. So thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. Yes, the music. It is. It's so fucking cool. (laughs) It's like our soul. Like, it's like that. When I heard this, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is us. This is like. If they bottled our essence, it would be slightly like hip, but also grunge. I was like, that's us. Yes, yes, yes. So if any of you have music needs, get at me and I will get you his contact info, most definitely. But yes, I will hand it back to you so we can keep the show going now. (laughs) Since we had all the sap right now. (laughs) Nonsense. All the stuff to do. Yes. So thank you so much to all of you guys. And we're going to get down to our episode, you know, the regular stuff that we do. So Mm -hmm. as per usual, Tara has created that beautiful link tree in the show notes that clicks out to everything you need to know to our Instagram, Facebook. If you are a $5 patron and you are not in the Spookster Club Facebook page, I don't know what you're doing. Facebook group. Facebook group. Sorry. You need to get over there. You got to message me Mm -hmm. for that link. We don't spread that out. We keep that secret. You can't look for it. It's hidden. It's a special $5 and up patrons get. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Some good things happening over there. We're active on Twitter. Mainly Tara's active on Twitter because I still don't 100% understand it. I try. If you have, so you can follow us at Three Spood Girls on Twitter. Um, You can find me on there. I'm just not as fun as our actual one on there. You know what? It's okay. Facebook's your home. Instagram and Twitter's my home. It's okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I do I do like Facebook. It it's easier. <laughs> I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> anyway. So you can find us there. We're in lots of different places. We're on Discord. Dara was talking about Discord. We're on Discord. You can hang out with us there. There's another thing I forgot to mention that you can find on our link tree is our link to Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what Patreon is, it is a way for you to help support us doing this show. Like when my mic died. Yes. (laughs) And (laughs) things like that to help us with content and everything like that. If you want to be part of that, you can for a little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus episode. Obviously, the higher you go up in tiers, the more stuff you get. There's some amazing stuff out there. 
Tara and I have been brainstorming future things that are going to happen for upper tiers. So Mm -hmm. you might want to check it out. Like I said, a little as a dollar gets you bonus episodes. It's a, a separate episode. Nobody else hears. It's not just like an early release or anything like that. It's literally your own little private content. $5 up patrons get videos. Yes, yes. Videos, bloopers, and all lives, all kinds of fun stuff. And you definitely like want to hear our bloopers because Tara and I, <laughs> if you are a $5 and up patron, just tell people we're hilarious when we're messing up. That's where we're funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you drinking tonight, Tara? Well, I finally quit drinking coffee while recording for once. That's good. You're probably back to sleeping. <laughs> we're back to alcohol. Oh, I was sleeping just fine. Oh, that's I'm right. fine. But I'm not drinking wine either. I'm being a basic ass bitch and I'm drinking White Claw. What flavor? Well, since we recorded a stabby prior to this, I had a black cherry at first and then now I am on to a natural lime, which I prefer the natural lime over the black cherry, I think. So that's where I'm at. Um, Did you get the variety pack? Yeah. I also tried the grapefruit the other night and that one was all right. There's one more in there. I don't know what it is, but I haven't tried that one yet. It's probably raspberry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't tried that one yet. I also have black or black claw. I also have white claw in my fridge. I just didn't get it Mm. because it is the black cherry because I wanted the variety pack, but apparently they were out. So they just replaced it because fun fact, Jessica's lazy and doesn't go grocery shopping for herself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that's what the Instacart guy brought me. Okay. The black cherry. Mm. He made a lot of like. Because on Instacart, you can put, like, I want this or that. Yeah. He made a lot of, like, liberal replacements. Okay. I was like, this is not what I ordered, but okay, I guess I will live with it. (laughs) Like, I asked for two packs of chicken. For us, he brought me one. Oh, okay. Well, you know, this is the gamble you take, I guess. (laughs) Yep. It is legit the gamble you do take. Okay. Uh, so what the Bell Witch and I discussed this week, mm-hmm. um, because I am drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper, Diet Cherry Dr. Pepper, because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. But we decided since this week's theme is Christmas folklore, we're going to do a twisted Christmas cocktail. So this is a Christmas or a gingerbread white Russian. I, in real life, have never had a white Russian, but one of my coworkers gets them every time we go out. And so therefore she either gets that or a hot toddy, depending on how hot or cold it is outside. So let's get down to it. So you're going to need two different things to make this. First is gingerbread syrup. Mm -hmm. To make that, you're going to need one fourth cup of honey, three tablespoons molasses, one teaspoon minced garlic, two cinnamon sticks, one teaspoon pure vanilla extract. And if you're me, I, of course, always sub vanilla extract out for Jim Bean. Mm. Just fun fact for my baking. If you are a baker, it makes it taste a little better. Okay, cool. The actual cocktail is going to have two ounces of vodka, one and a half ounces of Kahlua, two ounces of that gingerbread syrup we just talked about, and then two ounces of heavy whipping cream, a cinnamon stick, and a gingerbread cookie for garnish. So for how to make it, check out tomorrow. We're going to post it around in different places. It is going to be on our Pinterest, though, of all fun places. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take our short promo break and we'll be back in just a minute. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast, where we discuss the movies and life of the national treasure, Nick Cage. There are three of us here and I can't help but notice that none of us are Nicolas Cage. Did nobody call him? What? 
a Cage cast with no Nick Cage? No, instead of being Nicolas Cage, we're three Nicolas Cage experts, which is the next best thing. I don't think we should admit to being experts. Too late. We are not experts at anything. We are not life coaches, and we are not in any way, shape, or form qualified to give you suggestions on life choices. But Nick Cage is, and he's made hundreds of life choices. Seriously, I cannot stress enough just how much you should not take our advice. But we're experts. No, seriously, we're not experts. Yes, but we will be reviewing his first acting gig as Nicholas Coppola, Best of Times, which features a young and very precious Crispin Glover. And his work in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And his work in My Nightmares. We're experts! Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. Do you have a spooky business and need a logo or someone to help you with branding? Then you need to check out Mackenzie Lemoyne Designs, home for the soft and spooky. From logos to custom commissions to enamel pins, McKinsey will take any spooky idea you have and turn it into a reality. Head over to the show notes and check out her Etsy shop. She's also given an exclusive code just for you guys. At checkout, use the code SPOOKSTER for a 10% off your order. Again, check out McKenzie Lemoyne Designs for all your spoopy needs. And welcome back from our promo and ad break. And we're going to get right into our Christmas folklore. I'm going to hand it off to the beautiful, wonderful Tara, who's going to talk about a cranky old lady. (laughs) Yes, she is. So we are going to head over to Iceland for our first tale. Her name is going to sound familiar, especially if you are an OG spookster. So I'm going to be talking about Grilla. So Grilla's story can be dated all the way back to the 13th century. She wasn't always linked with Christmas originally, though. So back in those times, she was more just associated as an evil troll or an ogre, a lovely lady. There's a lot of different versions of her appearances, but the most common features of her are that she is a giantess with hooves for feet, has 13 tails, and then some say she has multiple heads. So she's got it going on. She is also said, as Jessica mentioned, to be very mean and grumpy, someone you definitely do not want to cross. With that said, though, the most important detail about Grilla is she has an insatiable hunger for children. So it wouldn't be until the 17th century that she would be related to Christmas and possibly adopt the name as some would like to call her the Christmas Witch. I only saw a couple sources with that, but Christmas Witch is kind of fun, so I included it. A publication called The Poem of Grilla would also introduce some people to some other folks you might be familiar with. Shout out again to our OG spooksters, the Yule Lads. We covered those guys last December and had a fun time with it. Or if you're not an OG spookster, but you're a patron, you can go listen to that on our backlog that is over there. Bowl liquor. 
they are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are. If you haven't, definitely should be a patron so you can listen to us talk about the crazy 12. 13. There's 13. 13. Yeah. <laughs> the 13. The 13 sons of Grilla. They're a fun folklore for sure. I think they're one of my favorites. Yeah. So Grilla also, along with her many children, is said to have had three husbands, two of which she killed. The first, she just murdered and ate. What? Yep, just murdered and ate. <laughs> she ate it? She's a cannibal. So, you know, get get with the program on that. <laughs> I love her. And the second one, she's said to have had dozens of children. And I believe one article said maybe around 50 kids with him. Something crazy. And once his time was up, she killed and ate him too. And now she has her third husband, who is a troll as well. He has this really complicated name that I cannot pronounce, but if you look up the Yule Lads, you will see his name pop up everywhere. He basically is a useless dude who is extremely lazy. He doesn't really take part in any of the activities in the lore of the Yule Lads or Grilla. He's essentially a punching bag of hers. Grilla is said to abuse and belittle him regularly while living in the mountain with the Yule Lads and another family member that just we'll talk about here shortly. Mm -hmm. So the story of Grilla and the Yule Lads is one that's actually used all throughout Iceland so that boys and girls will behave during the holiday season because if they don't, they'll run into the risk of bad things happening. I'm not going to run down the list of the things the Yule Lads do. A lot of it's more mischievous and fun versus scary. Like we said, you can check out our Patreon if you want to listen to that. But back to Grilla, like I said, she has this intense hunger for children. It is said that it's one hunger that will never go away. It doesn't matter how many children she eats. You could have six, seven, eight children, and she would still want more. She will only take the ones who act very badly, though. So if you're a good kid, she'll leave you alone. She won't eat you, so you're good. So be good, and you'll be fine. That's good, because otherwise that would suck. Right, exactly. So she's not, like, so she's kind of, e so she's evil, but she's not a total freaking psychopath. We'll give her that. <laughs> but this is where she'll kind of take a play out of Krampus's book. And she has a sack that she carries around that she loves to shove the children in. But instead of taking them to the underworld, she takes them and she returns to her cave. Once she's back in her creepy abode, she'll cook them alive in her stew. And she eats the children's stew and attempt to curb this hunger that she has. But like I said, it doesn't matter how many kids. It's never enough. So if you find yourself in Iceland and you're a child or have children, tell them to beware of Grilla and her mischievous sons. <laughs> Do you want to pause and tell them about our behind-the-scenes mid-episode giveaway now? <laughs> yeah. So as we're recording, being completely transparent here, it dawned on me that last year when we were doing this, I bought on Amazon these Iceland Yule Lad and other legend coloring books. And I was like, Tara, I have them. Mind you, I love the names of these guys. Like, what's this one? Spoon Licker. <laughs> so they're really funny. And it's, a, it's an activity book. So if you want to win one of these really fun coloring books from us, all you have to do is go find a post, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and post who your favorite Yule Lad is. The episode post. 
Yeah, the episode post. So that way we can find it easier. And we're going to we're going to make this super simple. You have until Friday to do it. And then once that is, we will pick a winner. Mm -hmm. We are going to give away two of them. So there are two winners. So you have multiple chances to win. It's actually really it's not a very big coloring book, but it's actually really cool. It comes with a lot of information, a lot of stories. And it's not just a coloring book. There's like puzzles and stuff in it, too. It would make a great stocking stuffer if you're looking for another thing or if you're like me and you just like to color. Yes, yes. Cool. All right. Well, you ready to tell us about uh, their pet? I am. I cannot pronounce this cat's name. So we're going to call it Yule Cat because that's what it is in English because it is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 letters long in Icelandic. That's okay. Yeah. So the Yule Cat is Grilla's pet cat. Now you're thinking, oh, she cranky and got a cat. She a crazy old cat lady. Well, I don't know how to break this to you. This isn't a regular cat. Mm-mm. This cat is said to be as giant as the tallest houses in the villages. Now, I don't know how tall houses were in Icelandic villages because, I mean, they could be like 10 feet. They could be really high. I don't know. But the Yule Cat is taller than them. The Yule Cat dates back to the Dark Ages, but the oldest writings of him appear in the 19th century. So what does the Yule Cat like to do? Well, the Yule Cat likes to prowl around on the night of Christmas, which I believe is Christmas Eve. And he's a little bit of a peeping Tom. Huh? Tom Cat, get it? Huh? Yeah, sorry. Tara's like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> The Yule cat likes to peer into the windows and basically is creeping on what you got for Christmas. So it was said that if you were a good child and you got plenty of presents, including clothes and especially socks, the Yule cat would just pass by and leave you the hell alone. Now, if you were not a good child, if you did not wear your socks out by working and helping and being a good kid and doing all the chores you were supposed to do, the Yule cat would eat your dinner. But doesn't just stop there because this is the this is the Yule family. The cat wouldn't just stop there. The cat would then eat you as well. Oh, so appetizers and entrees, people. Okay, your dinner is the appetizer. You are the entree. All right. This is like the ultimate reason to be a good kid because there's a giant ass cat prowling around your house, going to eat you if you are bad. Like many. This is kind of the theme of the folklore in Iceland, in the Icelandic region, is that if you're a bad kid, somebody will eat you. So I don't know if just a bunch of kids at one point were just disappearing and they're like, Matt, the freaking cat ate them. Mm -hmm. But I'm worried about you, Dark Ages, Icelandic area, because, <laughs> yeah, not much else is known about this little cat, except for, mm -hmm. you know, they think he's black because he's prowling around at night and isn't seen. He's gigantic, which is apparently how he hides because he just kind of blends in. So, yeah, I mean, I think this cat is crazy and scary sounding. And obviously it's owned by a bunch of crazy people. By an evil ogress and her troll children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure this cat isn't loved as much as it should be. So someone should call animal control. Yes, yes. And... You know, I don't know who is going to go out and get said cat, but someone needs to feed this cat something other than leftovers and children. <laughs> and children. 
So I'm going to now hand it back over to Tara, who's going to tell us about another interesting Christmas folklore. Yes, well, now we're going to leave Iceland and we're going to head over to France, more specifically 15th century France. So I'm going to tell you guys about Hans Trapp. He is a scary dude, and I did not know about him until I did some deep diving. So Hans Trapp is said to actually be a real person. So it's scary. Oh, awesome. Yes. So Hans started out as a normal human being, like I said, in 15th century. He wasn't a good person by any means, but definitely human. By those who knew him, he was described as vain, cruel, and self-centered. Awesome. All the great characteristics of a person. Stand-up guy. (laughs) Uh, And he was also a very rich man. He was said to have gained his wealth, allegedly, in a very unorthodox way. So most people during this time period probably would have inherited their money from their family or possibly have been farmers, something like that, you know, but not Hans. It's said that he obtained his wealth through other means. He supposedly got rich by occult rituals and dark magic. He's also said to have been known as a Satan worshiper. So that's fun. So the people of his town did not like this whatsoever, so much that they decided he needed to be exiled from the community. And that's exactly what they made happen. They took him to Rome and they presented him in front of the Pope, where he was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. Oh. And after that, he was banished from society into the forest and all of his money and his land was confiscated. (laughs) Confiscated. Yes. (laughs) So Hans lived in the forest in a shack and threw himself into his dark ways of life. While doing so, he began to develop a hunger for human flesh. Of course, because this isn't a Christmas story without someone trying to eat another human. Right. This hunger led him to a want or need to know what it would be like to bite into a human leg or arm. Right? Okay. That's nothing I've ever thought of. (laughs) Hans did. Very much so. One day, Hans decided to devise a plan. He began to take branches and other, like, straw and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to disguise himself as a scarecrow to help him hunt down the human flesh he desired. Well, one day he came across a young farm boy who was about 10 years old. Hans knew this would be his opportunity to get the taste of flesh, so he took it. He ended up snatching the boy and took him back to his shack. Once he was inside, he would chop the boy up and place the pieces of his body on sticks to act as skewers so he could roast him over a fire. So Han's hunger increased more and more as he was cooking the boy, and he was said to begin drooling with delight just because he was moments away from biting into the human flesh he had so been longing for. But... But before he could, karma came into play. Good. Yes. Before he could enjoy his meal that he was struck dead in the head by lightning. Many say this was the act of God, so Hans wasn't able to perform the ungodly act of cannibalism. Either way you look at it, he got what he deserved. Most definitely. Yes. Nonetheless, though, of course, because this isn't a folklore without a ghost, right? It's said today by certain regions around France, which I will not butcher and ruin my story, (laughs) that Hans can be seen wandering the streets, dressed up as a scarecrow, looking through the windows, hunting for that flesh that he so desires to eat. And if you're a bad boy or girl, he'll snatch you up and eat you. So that is the tale of Hans Trap. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just love that when we think of Christmas, like in the United States, our folklore is very like, if you're bad, you get a lump of coal. Mm-hmm. And other countries that have like a lot more rich of a history that go back like generations and generations and generations. It's all like, well, if you're a bad kid, someone's going to eat you. Someone is going to murder you and you're going to die. Or be taken to hell. Right. Like, no wonder American children can't seem to not be spoiled little bitches. We've never had the death, the threat of death for Christmas. Exactly. By the way, I'm incorporating a new thing into my household is that everyone gets socks for Christmas so that there's no Yule cat that eats us. Oh, good idea. I should go buy some. I'm going to go to Target tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Buying socks. Buying socks. All right. Wrap us up with our last story. Yes. So I'm going to talk about someone by the name of Frau Perchett. I think I'm saying that right. It's what I heard someone say, or Perchetta. Good old Frau. Frau. And her name translate in English to Bertha. Ooh, can we just call her Bertha? Yeah, we're going to call her Bertha. Okay. We're going to call her good old Bertha. Yay. (laughs) So good old Bertha is a like an Austrian goddess from like the upper Germany region and the Austrian Alps. Her name in German means bright one. And she is there to make sure that you celebrate Christmas in a great and wonderful celebratory like fashion. She is the upholder of cultural taboos around Christmas time, mainly the one where you're not allowed to do any like spinning, like, you know, making stuff spinning like a spinning wheel during the holidays. She wants you to take a break to observe the 12 days of Christmas which began on Christmas Day or Christmas night and end on Epiphany night, which is actually her night. Hmm. So she basically roams the countryside in the midwinter. And her story goes back to the early Middle Ages as well. She definitely has a very rich history. So there's just so that you can kind of put this, there is another kind of Christmas story entity of a goddess or someone very similar by the name of Holda. And basically, it's just territorial, kind of how it's described. Like, basically, where Holda leaves off, Percha picks up in, like, the Austrian, Switzerland, Bavaria region. And they think that she actually goes back farther than probably Germanic or pre-Germanic to probably Celtic times. And then it happened during like a migration period in the early Middle Ages, which brought her to the Germanic Austrian area. So she's Roman midwinter looking for people who are good and bad. If you are a good child or person and it says young so i think you have to be like a child or at least a young person if you're well behaved you may receive depending on how her coin purse is you may receive a small silver coin if you are not good she will creep into your house take her witchy like claw finger and split open your belly remove your stomach and your guts and then stuff it full of straw and pebbles oh okay Yeah. And basically, so if you're just an ill-behaved child, if you do any kind of spinning during the holiday season, or 
If you decide on her night on the 12th day, if you eat anything other than what she requires you to eat, which is a dinner of fish and gruel, she will split your belly open and stuff it full of straw and, and pebbles. I mean, she's very specific. Yeah. She's like, you need to eat this fish and this gruel and no spinning and you got to be good. But if you do all of that, you get silver coins. So (laughs) she first kind of appeared in literature when actually a very famous fairy tale author pinned her. And it was Jacob Grimm of the Grimm Brothers or the Brothers Grimm. Right. It's that's that that's kind of impressive. Yeah. He speaks about her in the old high German in the 10th century. And it is Frau and it's it's not Percha. It's Burchett with a B and is thought to be a white robed goddess who oversaw the spinning and weaving like the myths of Hulda, like I talked about previously, and is basically there's another Christmas folklore of a horrible human or part human person of Birch told. And she's said to be the female version of him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is all pre-Christian, like pre-Christianity, just so that you know. In contemporary culture, our old friend Bertha is the rewarder of the generous, the punisher of the bad, particularly lying children. So if you're in Austria or Germany and you lie, she gonna come and slice your belly open and stuff it full of straw and pebbles. All right, then. (laughs) But now, like in Austria today, they've actually kind of like taken her from like, okay, she's roaming all of Austria on her night. No, she's roaming one particular place, which is in Salzburg, which I've been to. It's a beautiful city. But even more, more, she wanders just one particular castle, which is the Hohan Salzburg Castle. And I have been to said castle. <gasps> Ooh. It's fun. It's up on a hill. It's beautiful views. My favorite picture from this is like I took a picture and there's like someone running down on like a road. Like it's the normal life that they run by this castle. And I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Snap. Anyway, so this castle is freaking gorgeous by the way it's it's white it's up on this hill it has one of the first indoor toilets in europe Mm. it's one of those where you're like you're up really high and then you poop into a hole and it goes all the way down (laughs) it's not like a real toilet it's gorgeous it took forever to walk through and they they didn't have any english speaking tour guides so we had to Mm. listen to the like the the audio yeah Mm mm-hmm so that was fun. It was really nice. And um, if you ever go to Austria, it's beautiful. And they have amazing castles. And not to brag, but I've been to the home of Marie Antoinette. So, you know, just hair flip. Not to brag. And <laughs> it's whatever. I touched a wall. Julie Andrews touched. So, meh. Everyone else. <laughs> just because basically famous. Okay. <laughs> I basically, like, I basically am from Austria. Not at all. Just... <laughs> I love Austria. It's beautiful. But so this this warmed my heart that there's this mm-hmm. crazy cantankerous lady roaming the halls of this castle that I've been to. <laughs> She's also part of the Carnival of Fastnock, which I believe is like fast night. I don't know. Or feast night. Mm-hmm. And people wear wooden masks that are called partrons. I'm saying that completely wrong. I'm so bad. I I apologize to anyone who speaks these languages. Drink 500 times. <laughs> please. And please understand that when I was in Austria, I kind of understood and slightly spoke German. But that was like 
fucking 16 years ago and <laughs> it was a while ago so i apologize for being a little bad on pronunciation but our frau friend is just roaming this castle there's apparently a cult about her oh so all these kind of fun things she's some people describe her of having just one leg hmm. and it's like a big one leg so it's not just like a chicken leg like skinny little leg okay well, if you're going to have one leg, you got to be muscly as fuck, you know? <laughs> right. With a big old foot. Um, <laughs> some people say that she can shape shift. Hmm. So that that's why they think she's like a god, because she can be to the nice kids. She's like beautiful and, you know, pretty oh. and cute. And then to the evil kids, she looks like a scary witch. So, mm-hmm. you know, just if you if you run into her, if you run into Frau and she's she ugly run is what I'm saying. Yes. But if she's beautiful, you're good. Show us your silver coin. <laughs> so that wraps it up for this week. If you want to be entered in to win one of the two Yulad coloring slash activity books, just go to one of the episode posts about this episode on your chosen form of social media and drop your favorite Yulad. Also, we want to share that on Thursday when we would normally have a stabby snippet, we are going to actually put up a patron select. Mm-hmm. It is what slightly true crime-ish. True crime slash spooky. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a little both. It's it's it was a very, very interesting episode. I'm gonna tell you that. I was <laughs> Totally thought it was something different. And um, you'll find out on Thursday. Yes. (laughs) So with that being said, we are going to sign off for today. And we will see you on Thursday for that patron select episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.